Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Good Grief. My name is Dr. Christine Malone, and in this podcast, we talk about trauma, tragedy, and survival. In each episode, I will interview someone that has gone through grief in some way, and we will discuss the impact it has had on their life. By sharing these stories, we hope that others won't feel alone should they be going through similar situations. Enjoy. Okay, listeners, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. My guest today is going to talk to us about his experience of leaving a job and how that's impacted him since then. So guest, if you would please introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, my name is Joe. Um, I am a two-time graduate of um, a metropolitan university, uh, once with my bachelor's of science and environmental emphasis uh, with an honors designation. And then I also got my master's of educational leadership at that same university. Great. So tell us about the job that you had that you're not in anymore. So what was it like? Uh, what, Where was it? Not location, but you know, what kind of job was it? Yeah, I was an academic programs coordinator. And what that means is basically I was like the front desk person for our college's advising network for the first two years of um of like undergraduate studies I and i want to interrupt you one quick second is that the same college that you got your degrees at yes that is oh, the same okay. college and it's like in the same department as well okay, perfect um, the college of arts and sciences and uh alongside that i did a lot of like web design within that as well as when there's orientations I was like the main person to basically like put the spreadsheets together, figure out like what um, students were going to go into which majors and during the actual orientation days, go and make sure that our advisors had all the uh, equipment that they needed and such, make sure that they were all chilling before the horde of, of students came. Because like during orientation days, there was about 150 students that would come into our area that we would be advising in. And they have about like an hour and a half to basically get acclimated to the the program that you have to like send up through all your classes, sign up for those classes and all of that. So yeah. that was that was like a, a big part during the summer. Mm -hmm. um of of my job and how long were you in that job i was in that job from january 2022 to july so that's like 18 months or and 19 did, months did you like the job i really like the job i like the people that i worked with um and then just it just turned sour real fast yeah yeah so tell us a bit about that how how come it is you're not in that job anymore so it's a really long story that I think I'll I'll start with like I feel like there's a really big um, part of mental health and especially men's mental health that comes into play. I started doing um, therapy back in like March or February, and that was the first time I've ever done therapy. Um, we were doing like cognitive behavior therapy, and I would go every two weeks. And I was trying to figure out like myself through therapy, which obviously what it's for, 
but I feel that like through the therapy and through psychiatry and such like I was almost like loved to death potentially like through through like the university's processes because I so I did therapy up until or I've still been doing therapy at the at the university um Unfortunately, my therapist is starting her private practice outside of the university. So I'll have to see if like Medicaid, which I'm currently on, like actually like potentially holds on to um, the therapy and mental health services. But um, in another big thing is that um, around the same time that I was basically forced to resign or be terminated, I was diagnosed with bipolar one and during this, like, that's also a really hard like thing to grasp just because I haven't ever known about much like mental health conditions within my family or anything like that. It was all kind of like taboo. And so coming into like a psychiatry appointment, which one of them said that I I had like a like perfect mind that by like whatever like I saw in like colors and shapes and there's like a certain book that um my uh PA was like recommending me and then the psychiatrist was saying oh no this is looking like bipolar one so and I had like a weird dichotomy of like I don't know if I think that this diagnosis is true just because, like, I know that, like, around 27 is when your frontal lobe actually develops. So it was, like, my, because I, for the longest time before I uh, wanted to be, uh, before I got, like, my environmental emphasis degree, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And I honestly picked that just because I knew that that was, like, the highest grossing, like, career and growing up in a pretty lower middle class family. I was like, oh, I don't want to have to deal with all of the like money issues that I've had to like my whole life. So yeah, I was just like, I know that this is around the time that my frontal lobe develops and they're into go back to like basically how my job, um, I lost my job is that we had a, a manager that left around like the third or fourth orientation and she wanted it a certain way and once she left there was just things that I knew that we could improve on and I was like trying to make those changes but there was a power vacuum between like two other the the male co-workers in my in my job were older than me and they were trying to vie for that position as well and during that time, we were having another position be filled that was going to be like a, a second in command in that in that office as well. And I was invited to all of the like luncheons and all of like the stuff. And that's there was like a very big piece of it that was like trying to show each other up especially between the other co-worker that's like only 10 days older than I was and so 
we, me and this coworker had like multiple meetings with our old boss, like before, cause there was a, a beef that we were having and it was like just so hard. Cause it was like, I know how I work. I know like how the university, I had worked for the university for like six, seven years at that point. I had gone through the system as a student. I had gone through the system as like a graduate student and I had gone through the system as like a like worker for so many years. So I knew the ins and outs of literally everything and like knew so many people in the university where he had only just came like roughly like a year and a half before. So that was like a big beef that we were having. And on the day um, that like pretty much like started everything, it was an orientation and I put my like phone on do not disturb just because like I knew what I needed to do and I knew like how I could like check all the things. And I got phone calls after phone calls about how I'm like not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing, but I was delegating it to our like students that we had at our disposal. It was like, Hey, like, can you send this like uh, computer to like room 307 mm-hmm. and they were doing it, but because they weren't hearing from me specifically, they basically were just like tattletailing on me about how I wasn't doing my job. And during this time, we the manager was already gone and the people that were in, in charge of us were like the like associate dean of the college and like another i can't remember what their like title was but they were like super far removed they never really like came to see what we were doing or anything so that happened and we had a meeting that day where basically I was the scapegoat where everyone was just yelling at me saying like, you're the problem, you're the problem. And I was sitting there like speechless. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to say because I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing, but like to them, that's not what they experienced, which was wrong. And so like later, cause it was like on a Friday Later on that night, I like went into the office just because I was like blowing off some steam. It wasn't my my like house and it wasn't it was just like a common neutral ground that I felt like I could like just be in and just like chill all of this kind of stuff. And um, I was at the office like late at night and I heard a like click on a lamp. I swear on like everything, like I'm not a, like a a religious person or anything, but like on everything that I know, I heard this click come from like the main coworker that I was beefing with's office while I was there. So I had my, my computer, I had my, um, my camera that I just gotten, like my like ID license, all of that kind of stuff. And I left it in there on accident because I heard that. I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm not going to have a confrontation with somebody that is completely off the books. And it's only me and them. And it's like at late at night, I'm like, there's no chance that I'm doing that. 
so I like go home. I'm freaked out just because I'm like, did that actually happen or not? And so I come in to work on Monday and like during this, it's hard because it was like four months ago, but my mom had come because like apparently some of my friends were like concerned about my behavior. And so my mom came and she's like, we're going to go to the hospital right now. We're going to go to the ER. And she didn't know where like the hospital is. So I had to like direct her to the hospital. And this is like when I was just like, I like, I don't feel like I need to be here. Like there's no reason for me to be here. And so like, I was like, able to be like released from the hospital after they did like cat scans all that kind of stuff and everything came out fine like and so this yeah like I said like this was a few months ago like four months ago now um and then the on Monday after like when my mom was still there she had taken me to like a crisis center where I just like walked in and they asked me a billion times, like, are you a threat to you or your like anybody else? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like in a mental health crisis center. And I was able to leave on my own free will and accord. And I was like, okay, like, let's go get my stuff from my office. Like, and when we get to campus, like I was told that I couldn't go to my actual office but I was like, that's like dumb. Like I need to get my stuff. Like, so I went to the office and they changed the code on the door. And so I'm like sitting there, like, I don't know, like my mom's there and I'm like sitting there and I like, there's like a, another person like that worked in like another department that was like the next door over. And I was like, Hey, like, can you tell like my mom that like, I know the code, like I've been here. I'm the first one in pretty much every single day. Like I should be able to get in here. And apparently they called the police and they cuffed and stuffed me. Oh my goodness. Into the back of the police car. And they took me to, um, took me to St. Luke's for the second time. And they like literally like cuffed me, put, like put me through the back door and then put me through like the whole process again. And I stayed in a hospital bed for like a day or so just cause I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Why am I like on this like mental health hold? Like looking at like the, my chart and stuff, it says that I was gravely disabled when like, I'm like, dude, I and it was wild because, like, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, let me leave. And then at, like, a certain point, like, we're going to take you because you're on a, a, a mental health hold. You and, yeah, you're on a mental health hold. You have to go to one of, like, outpatient or whatever, like, mental hospitals. I'm like okay I guess like I guess I'll go and they took me to a, a mental health hospital where I was there for five days let me, let me and, ask you this. in the state where I live um, you cannot have someone committed uh, in, unless it's voluntary 
So in the state where you are, is that not the law? I mean, they can, can you not leave if you wanted to leave? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to definitely look more into. Okay. I'm, I'm asking. I'm they, like my, my boss previous, like. I'm sorry. You kind of cut out right there. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead. Your boss, you said something about your boss. Yeah, my boss was like trying to get me on to go to because like we had like a um, FMLA like leave and I was like, I don't need to go on FMLA. Like, I'm fine. Like, there's no reason for me to do this. Like, I'm doing my job. I'm doing everything I need to do. Um, and that was previous to all of this. But like, I don't know about the legality of like the like being forced to be there i'm gonna go to like the library and they have like free public like law service so i'm gonna look into that um but yeah i was i was forced to be there for five days and it was absolute hell because like there was just like the cognitive dissonance of the people there was just so outrageous and as like a person who has a degree like i'm not a dumb person like and being there, there was like people that was like, cussed my mom, did ask like, they were pretending to like, like that. That's how I felt, and because they were like trying to be buddy buddy with me, and I'm like, no, like, this is not that at all. Like, get away from me, please. Like, stop trying to attach yourself to me because this is not that's not happening. Yeah, and yeah, so um when i was like finally um decommitted from like or like released from the mental hospital um i was given um i had to like meet with like the head of hr and the head of public safety and all this kind of stuff and they basically said you either are going to be terminated or you have to resign right now and because idaho is at a is a free will like state or like yeah i think it's whatever yeah yeah um like they were able to let me go and so i i resigned right then and there i was like i'm i don't want to like i don't want anything to do with this like at at this point like because it was like one day and then they changed the code on the door and then i was gone so and then like furthermore like i got um a a letter saying like all this stuff about how i was like erratic and conversations that i were having were hard to follow and like not based in reality and um how i was like ranting to a coworker, which like everyone does and like that I um, I was generally snapping at people incoherent in conversations was just just like wrong. And um, all of this, like this whole letter was um, signed by like the college college Dean. And I've never let, met this lady, literally never met this lady in my whole entire life. So I don't understand how she was able to basically go, oh, here's this hearsay that, um that I was doing all these things but I simply wasn't and and you didn't get an opportunity to meet with her to 
even discuss it. No, I, I never met with her. I've never literally sat down with her or like been in within like 25 feet of her in my whole entire life. Right. And um, like going forward. So I was like banned from my old place, my old office, and then also the admissions office in which I used to work at. And so I was like, okay, like after I was taken off um, and after I was like taken out of the hospital, I didn't do any of the things. I never went to the admissions office and I never went to like my old office. And they told me during the second meeting that I had to literally like beg to like have my appeal for. They're like, oh, you were on this day, you were wearing a black sweatshirt and that was considered concerning. We were getting a lot of calls from public safety. It's like, I can't even walk around with a hoodie on. Like that's was there that's a logo awesome. or something on it? Was there something? No, no it was just like, box. and I wear a black hoodie like literally every day. Like that's not something new. Um. So yeah, I was, I'm like public safety threat number one when I literally never did anything. Like, and yeah, so I um and at the at the meeting which was with the head of public safety and then like the new or like public safety like other person i can't remember don't care at this point um they were like oh like we really want to get past this like this is going to be something like like you need to stop flipping off the like uh public safety officers i'm like okay i can do that but also i don't respect any single one of you because like the process of me getting cuffed and stuffed into a police office or like into a police car, like that doesn't make me feel good about how you interact with me when I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And so they, and then like the whole time, like I also had like my retirement and stuff in there and I was given a, a card from one of the ladies in HR and saying like, oh, this is going to be your person. And they like completely canceled my email. And oh, wow. Yeah, I canceled my email. Even yeah. As a, even as a former student, I still have emails with colleges. So yeah. Yeah, I completely canceled my like employee one, which has my master's thesis and everything on it too. Um, and so I was given like this letter or like this person's contact information. And I had like misplaced it and I was like, trying to think about I was like oh if like I'm banned for oh after after I had that like meeting um I was like hey like can I get like some sort of understanding of like the disruptions and in an email I was like I would like an itemized list of the disruptions and such that caused the committee to ban me for a year because they banned me for a year after like two days of deliberation i never knew who was on the committee and anything like that and i was like oh can i like know something because you completely like let me out in the dark and the only place i'm allowed on campus is the north is like the health services building and the adjacent parking lot that was like the only thing that i could actually go to 
And so I was like, yeah, I would love to know like the disruptions. I want to know when, where, and why, why you think that that was a disruption. And that took like four or five days before I emailed again. I was like, it's really unfortunate that like y'all are not getting back to me when I have worked at this university for like six, seven years and have done so much and like have pretty much given, like I was a fan of this university since 2007. And this is the only place I applied to. It was the only place I wanted to go. And over like one day, they like threw me away like a paper towel. Like, and that just is something that made me completely and utterly jaded because like I didn't do anything and they're treating me like public safety threat number one. And after I got like my exclusion, I called up the main public safety person. I was like, this is dumb. Like, this is really stupid that like y'all are treating me this way when I actually haven't done anything. And they were saying, oh, please refer to the hand delivered letter from July 12th from 20, 2023. This is October 3rd that I get this email. Like three months have passed at this point. And they're like, oh, this talks about like how your original exclusion. And then you got another exclusion in August about from all of campus. And like during our, when I was on the phone with him, he's like, I advise you to turn like, uh, like, um, to drop the call right now. And I was like, okay, thank you. And just like, I just don't understand why it happened like that and why there's so much beef between me and public safety when I actually haven't done anything. Yeah. And, I'm curious, have you considered at all um, talking to like the local media, like talking to the newspaper or anything like that with your story? This was kind of like, something that I, the like path I wanted to go because I because it's like a like a like tertiary like thing and it's not just like Boise specific mm-hmm. and so like that's I don't know because I don't know I'm like scared of like a little bit of like the repercussions of of it uh, seriously joe what else are they what else can they do to you i mean no honestly man, yeah i mean i just my my personal background i have uh contacted the media for a few things in my life um and i i hate to admit this but the media is a lot stronger than has more power than you know maybe even attorneys or courts or so on because mm-hmm. they get out there in the in the you know the public eye and, and say hey look what's going on with this employer and um the employer is, is usually quite embarrassed by that so just something to consider if you, you know, if it doesn't resolve. Um, but tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, uh, I obviously this whole thing is just uh, like, wow, you kind of like, I can't believe this is happening, so on and so forth. But now you're no longer in the job that you really liked. Um, I'm sure aside from the one guy that you had to beef with, you had colleagues that you really got along with and and so on. I've known for a long time. So mm-hmm. what's that like that you don't have that anymore? I mean, what what's going on? It's really hard. Um, like, uh, I have gotten, um, like dinner with like a few of them, but like the hardest part is not having like that constant, like daily, like, and I'm a very social, sociable person. And like, I 
really like the people I really like. And so when, like, I was just forced to, like, stop almost, like, instantaneously, instantaneously conversations with them, that was really hard because we had, like, Google Chat. And I would be on Google Chat literally every day, like, just chatting, like, people in the admissions office, chatting people, like, in our office. And then I didn't have that same, like, course and... um like platform to be in contact with everyone. And that's been really hard just because it was every single day. I was the first one in there. I was always like, Hey, what's up? Like I would be playing music in our lobby. Like there was always music going and like, I was always like the person who tried to bring up the, the hype on the day, even if it's like the worst day there's, 37 different appointments for all of our different um advisors and they're like oh like i have one back to back to back and i'm like well like at least it's thursday Woo! like that was always like my that's always been my thing like trying to get like people excited and like like actually pumped even though things might be like less than less than pleasant i like the cheerleader uh, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. So do you see any of those people, I mean, outside of work anymore? Every so often, like I go and get like a couple drinks or something like my main, um, I, I have like loose plans to meet up with my advisor that I had since I was a freshman at, at the school. Um, and hopefully that comes through pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just hard. Cause I feel like I've been like blacklisted from yeah. I pretty much have been blacklisted from university um when even um like I have a childhood friend that um is coaching a basketball game and I have to basically call before anything I do on campus or anything like that that's not related to the health services building and so I emailed um I was like, hey, like, I have a childhood friend that's doing this on in December. Like, can you allow me to be on campus for a few hours? And they denied it. They're like, after careful consideration. And it took them like seven, eight days when it took them faster to ban me for a whole entire year than it, than it did to ban me and not let me go to a basketball game. Wow. Wow. So what I, are you, are you, I'm guessing you're probably looking for work. So are you looking for no. work in the same area where you're at now? Um, yeah, I definitely want to stay within Boise just because it's like where all of my like actual friends are. Yeah. It's, it's my home now. Like yeah. I've, I've been away from like my hometown, which is nowheresville anyways. Like, and I don't know, like in trying to, um, create a new um like area that I have a lot of connections would be super hard because I would have to like potentially find like new roommates and like the price of housing is incredibly large within like the places I want to go um I have a pretty good setup here so I'm not not complaining about that it's I'm just complaining about how I've been treated truly uh, yeah no I I completely completely agree with that that's that's 
That's crazy. I still think you should go to the newspaper, but anyway. Uh, so um, tell, tell us a little bit about, I know you have your Instagram. So what kind of stuff do you do on, on Instagram? And again, my ignorance of what an Instagram is even for. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a new uh, Instagram page that I'm doing for like my photography and like videography. And so I got a new uh, camera um, just after, at the end of April. And I've just been like kind of recording and taking pictures of like wildlife. I want, I also did a reception for one of my good friends, Trenton. And, and I actually used Trenton's mom's camera. And that was like pretty much like the birth of like, oh, I actually really wanted a, a camera and I really want to be able to do this kind of stuff. Um, so mostly, mostly like nature scenic stuff uh, currently. I have a few hard Mountain Dew reviews on there, um, which is just like, oh, I saw these things in the alcohol aisle. Let me, let me see this, like, because I've always been like a huge Mountain Dew head. Like too much gaming with my best friends uh, when I was in high school, and yeah. I was like, oh, like if they have alcohol in them, that is kind of funny. So might as well try it. Isn't Mountain Dew like has more caffeine in it than any other soda or something? I remember hearing that sometimes. Probably that <laughs> it's sounds like, it's sounds like Red Bull and alcohol, you know. It's no, like, for real. Yeah. But that's also like my go-to. But yeah. <laughs> I but digress. Those, those, yeah, those things probably are. You know, those activities and the the photography and all that probably kind of help you with you know distraction at least and things that. No, yeah, you know, exactly. Whereas, this part doesn't make me feel good. Now I want to do some stuff. So that's really healthy for you to do that. Um, the YouTube channel. I heard you're starting a new YouTube channel. What's that? Yeah. So, yeah. So um, back before I started my master's, I had a podcast called Everybody's an Expert. And I then changed it to the Joe. I, I think it was still Everybody's an Expert, but I, I'm going to do like season two of the Joe Lowe show. Um, and yeah, my YouTube is Joe Low Media. So because like my old YouTube got uh pretty much like destroyed and in like the aftermath of this. So um be on the lookout on, <laughs> on YouTube for like a new se season two of uh Joe Low show. Everybody's an expert. I love the the title, everybody's an expert in there too. So yeah. So before we end, I just want to know, I mean, how, how are you feeling yourself? I mean, you, you talked a bit about, you know, bipolar and so on. And I'm honestly with you, I am, I am bipolar as well. So I could seriously relate to that. Um, you know, how, how is this all making you feel with all that and, and so on? with all it's, it's been, um, I've definitely like become more like to terms with like my diagnosis. Um, and I've been like medicated the entire time and the medication seems to be really helping. Um, and like, it's, it's a very hard diagnosis. Cause it's like, especially being like the first person in my family to be kind of like diagnosed with something like that. It's like, Oh, I thought I was just normal. I thought that was just like how everyone like was. And now that I'm like, oh, okay. Like, having because it is a disability like it's like oh like i i have a disability like this is something that's not i'm like neurodivergent like it it's hard but like i'm trying to like 
I've always been like super optimistic. Like even when like shit like really is bad. Like mm-hmm. I remember me and my buddy Micah, we had to like move out of our um her old um apartment building just the two of us in like a four-person suite and we had basically like eight hours to clean it head like everything um and we didn't have a place to go after that we pretty much just like slept on um couches for like an entire summer and then we like moved three or four times like during that summer like but it was always like oh like things may be looking down but like at least we have each other and at least like we're trying to have fun like yeah. during like keeping that positive attitude is no, exactly so incredibly important so great anything else you'd like to share before we finish today um i think that should be everything thank you so much christine for having me um uh, on the podcast thank you for listening to this episode of good grief to hear more about my personal story please pick up a copy of my book, The Day I Became the Spider Killer, a memoir of trauma, tragedy, and survival, available in paperback, Kindle, and Audible via Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online book retailers.